0: Hello, dear, sweet, lovely, imaginary audience, and thank you for tuning back into part two of our very special Criterion episode with the three friends. So if you missed it, last week uh, we got through two? We got through, I think, two? So you're going to hear, um, so we got through five and four, so we're going to get through three through one of our picks uh, right now. So enjoy. <laughs>
1: Let's go in the direction of uh, something light and fun yes. <laughs> that I uh, that really, really, uh, like really spoke to me when I uh, when I first saw it. And it's an, it's a newer it's a newer Criterion spine uh, 1025, the Grand Budapest Hotel Ooh. from yeah. 2014. Yeah, that one is uh, very near and dear to my heart. Uh, as most of you know, I spent most of my adult life in the hospitality industry. And this one is uh, sort of a love letter to like old, um, beautiful hotels. And it's also like an an amazing, fun adventure, you know, that it's just like full of great performances, beautiful, uh, you know, like beautiful Mm -hmm. colors. And it's like characters are in real danger, but it's also cartoony. It's just like very enjoyable on so many levels. And it always puts me in a good mood and it always just makes me feel great watching it.
2: I watched it a couple of weeks ago because I just got the new Criterion. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, put it on, just walk through it. It really is so easy to watch. It's like the mm-hmm. most – it's so fun. Like, you're yeah. just having a good time all the way through. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you having been a concierge, um, mm-hmm. there's probably not a lot of adventure movies about concierges. So <laughs>
1: Uh well there's For Money or For Love or Money, the uh Michael J. Fox film where he plays a concierge. Oh,
2: I don't know about that one. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, that one came out back in the nineties. That wasn't uh, mm-hmm. um Yeah, no, it does there there's I don't I don't know if besides that, there, there are films that have painted a concierge as like a an adventure hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah something <laughs> like that. Um but but you know what, aside from like uh, you know, kind of glorifying uh, you know, the concierge. I think that they did a good job of really sort of uh, showing the type of person that that is. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's very, very true. Like, a lot of aspects of it uh, ring very true for me, especially since I, got, I was lucky to be working in hotels that are, like, you know, very, very high-end, historic hotels. Um, and uh, so it's, like, you know, you kind of uh, you see where the inspirations came from, and you just like you really appreciate it more for it. That's just like it had my number like right from the get go. You got to say, you know.
2: You know what's something I find very interesting about it that is probably maybe even stings a little about it for, for you, um, uh-huh. but it, it shows the that a a concierge is a person who is supposed to come off um, as high class and as rich as the people he's helping but then you see that he lives mm. in a closet essentially with nothing on the walls. Right. You know, like you're expected right. to appear rich, but without, but they do not pay you very well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's an unfortunate uh, reality of the hospitality industry. And it's like, I think that, uh, you know, if I can speak on a like a kind of a personal uh, level in that sense, it's like, I've, I, exp- I experienced like, understanding like the trap that i think some concierges fall into which is like the 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 people that you are serving the people that you are assisting you know they are different kind of people than you are you know like they are not in the service industry they are very wealthy and uh so I think that a lot of times it's unfortunately kind of easy to be like Oh i'm you know I'm rubbing elbows with these people and uh you know they appreciate my assistance and all that stuff, and so it can feel like you're part of that world when yeah mm-hmm. you're actually going home to a studio apartment or sharing a studio apartment with somebody, you know what i mean yeah. and, and but it also putting shows... Putting away your
2: very nice clothes. Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. In, in this, in that film, too, though, in the it shows kind of the difference uh, or, or the way that kind of hospitality, the trend that it has been on since, like, the beginning days, right? When you're, like, the top hotel, you have the top service, and you have the most people that are there to help you, and it's like everything runs smoothly, and everyone is, uh, you know, having a good time, and then you see, like, later in the '70s, or whatever, uh, in the in the Grand Budapest Hotel, you have a guy like Jason Schwartzman's character, the concierge, who just kind of like, sort of, smokes <laughs> and is like lazy <laughs> and doesn't really take it seriously. There's, you know, you, you get all of it. You see the the aspects of it because there are people who, God, they live and die by that industry, by the service, and they want they care so much about the mess. and it's a beautiful thing to see for sure. Uh, and then there's you know people who are just like not really that interested <laughs> in who are also part of the you know the fabric of it it's a, yeah it's a good it's a it's a good fun film it's yeah, it's one of my favorites of all time, and it's gotta be on the list you yeah. on Grand boot oh, yeah one minute too <laughs> uh,
3: all right, guys, here's my next one. Uh, I've rearranged my list here. Uh, let's see here, okay. <laughs> number three. Is that on your list? Uh, kind of kind of. Uh, oh cool okay. I, I, I actually have a I did have a runner-up so uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is. Oh yeah. Harry you know, Gilliam came out in 1998. Uh, I remember when I watched this movie for the first time and I, I don't think anyone told me really what it was about and it was uh, very weird. <laughs> I mean yeah right away it's it's uh it's firing on all fours. It's it's really uh a heavy movie. Um I mean it's gosh, I have all these movies about drug use on my list. I don't know <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean as far mm. as you know having mm. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh but yeah these <laughs> uh, like seeing um you know like uh especially for uh Johnny Depp's like character and, and these like these two guys going Pretty much the whole movie, they're just, like, experimenting with drugs, and it it felt like, I mean, honestly, it felt like a drug trip the whole way through, and I think that was kind of, like, what they were trying to show with the movie. Um, There are moments that I could remember where they're in, like, a casino, and there's, like, raptors, like, velociraptors, like, (laughs) I don't
1: know. (laughs) But The movie uh, is crazy, because when you think about it, it's, like, hard to, it's hard to uh, remember the sequence of it? Because all the crazy shit that happens in yeah. it is like, s- sort of none of it really has anything to do with the rest of it, you know, with each other. Interesting. So it's like, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird trip,
3: right? I did not do any drugs watching it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of the point of the Don't
0: movie. Don't lie, I've watched <laughs> this movie with you. you. <laughs> uh,
3: I mean, as far as like, yeah, when you're watching the movie, it, it feels like this disoriented kind of, drug trip I think you know that that was kind of like what they were trying to do and and these all these the cinematography too is just out there I mean uh, the kind of these like really wide shots with like close-ups of like their faces and mm-hmm. um, uh, moments where you know some of the characters are like they think they're seeing like other you know other things that are and I'm, I'm sure you know it's the drugs that are kind of getting to them but um, overall I think visually and and just kind of that maybe that's why I'm so drawn to the movie is because it's kind of disorienting in that way and you're when you like finish the movie like I can't really pick out like specific scenes but I mean that rapper <laughs> in, in particular that's kind of like mostly the one I remember but like I think <laughs> that's the in the moment that's the feeling it kind of gave you it's like this kind of strange kind of odd, out of body experience I, I don't know how else to dis- describe it so it did have yeah. like an impact as far as like uh, a, 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 a wa- someone watching movies and like having that feeling you know and you know some movies make you feel a specific way for this one it was very like oh wow like i i'm along for the ride but also you know i don't know which way they're steering in in a way so um yeah yeah there's
1: sorry mickey no
3: go
2: ahead I,
1: I I, i was just saying like yeah it i think it uh it uh There's like you, there's the version of you before seeing this movie, and then there's the version of you afterward, because it, it really does like sort of fuck with you when you when you watch it, because you're just like, oh, this isn't something that, and that's like what I was saying before with the Criterion stuff. It's just like, oh, this is introducing like new feelings or like fears or weird stuff that is just like so so new and crazy to my brain. And it's like turning it on in different ways, you know. And so, yeah, this is definitely one of those movies for me too. Because when I saw it, I was just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" And I think I was also at an age too where I was like a little bit, like, you know, I was like a late teens or early twenties, where I was just like, "Whoa, shit! It can be weird, you know, <laughs> out there." Because of course, you know, being a being a good boy, I never never uh, mm-hmm. dropped acid or had any mushrooms, uh, you know, or anything like that. And so I was just like, "Fuck." cool cool window into somebody's crazy shit
3: yeah crazy and i guess yeah the visuals too and and how i guess with uh how they're able to like showcase you know yeah it's like to be on this drug or like how these two grown men are like this at the casinos and you know the floor starts to move and like they have those kind of like scenes where they're and then and then they, they pretty much go practically crazy i mean by the end of the film so it's it's uh, it's almost maddening too when you watch it. It's like, yeah, you're kind of very like on uh, in the car along with the ride with them. I guess, I guess that's kind of like.
1: Right? I remember being particularly like sort of scared of Guillermo del Toro's character. Like his character is fucking yeah. scary. <laughs> it's like, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: There's some yeah, there's some weird. Even Johnny Depp's character, like he's kind of
1: weird. Yeah, it's all it's all fucking bananas. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good 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 pick, Sean. Yeah,
3: thank you. Thank you. I like it. All right, Joe. What do we got?
0: All right. So number three, I I had to get a chaplain on here. Um, I almost went with The Kid. The Kid is a movie where if no one's ever seen a silent film before, that's the one I I show them.
1: Oh, sure. Smart. That's a good one. Nope. Uh Uh-oh. Joe, did you? Oh, we lost you for a second, but now you're back. Right, am I back? Yeah, yeah you're back. Let, I went it. with the Great Dictator. Nice. Um, yeah. That was on my short list of the chaplains too, for sure. Man.
2: The,
0: I mean, there's so many great moments. The, the moment with the globe, um, the moment, I mean, moment with the globe sticks out. But really, it's it's the it's the speech at the end of the film, that is as relevant today as it was back when he shot it in 1940. Um, that is a moment that will bring me to tears when I watch it. Um Same. it's just it's and I don't know if you've seen it, someone cut um I think the inception theme uh the under warps? it. Um, the <laughs> <wall> one <laughs> on, on YouTube and it makes it like whoa. like it feels very Oh, really? It swells it your emotions. Um goodness. It's very good. It's very good. But um, no, I mean it's it's a beautiful movie and it's a beautiful allegory. Um and to think of that he was that with it, you know, that he could see what was going on when no one else in Hollywood could or no one else in the world could. Right. Um, Mickey, I think you're the one who told me this story about how he wanted to make this picture. And we hadn't entered world war II yet. And everyone was like, don't make this movie. Mm -hmm. And he went ahead and did it because his brother was half Jewish and, and he believed in it. He knew what Hitler was all about. And, um, and he made this movie. And by the time he was such a perfectionist, it took him so long to make it that by the time it came out, we were in world war two and he went around selling war bonds, giving the same speech from the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cr- even crazier to think that you fast forward 15 years or whatever it was, and he's not allowed back in the country. Um, he's labeled yeah. a communist and it's like, what, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. And it's, an even more beautiful uh, message that he, he gives to the audience at the end of it. So, um, and it's, it's, I I half expected you when you were talking about do the right thing about a movie that's relevant today. Oh, yeah. I, you know, almost expect you to say this one um, because, because it is, and it's, it's, we're, you know, we're experiencing things in, in our own country that it's just like, uh whoa you know is no one gonna mm-hmm. call anyone on this you know um but yeah it, and there's so many great chaplain titles in criterion thank god you know uh modern yeah. times was such a good one and and again the kid I, I i love the kid so much but the great dictator was the one that really just like truly brings me to tears every time i watch it so
2: yeah that's a good pick yeah yeah it's a good pick
0: yeah, I listened to your guys' episode on it. Um, that was a fun one. Oh, oh
1: thanks, man. I high, yeah, high, like
2: Highly it. recommend. Yes. Oh,
1: cool.
2: Let's see. Where was, where was Brandon? Where was his head at? So Brandon's number three pick uh, is uh, a movie that did not make my list, but it is my second favorite movie of all time, which is a weird, wow. weird oh. way for things to uh, pan out, <laughs> considering yeah, I how that. I did my stupid list. Um, but uh, I would, uh, it is, it is uh, another Wes Anderson movie is the, the Royal Tenenbaums. Damn uh, which I think is another movie that is just kind of like, without blemish, it is exactly what it's what its creator wanted it to be. And uh, I think it is so funny. And, um, you know, beautiful to look at uh, a bunch of uh, amazing performances and just like, uh, people who are just really understanding the idiosyncrasies of the, the filmmakers behind the movie. You know, of course there's, um, we wanna talk about, you know, auteur theory and put everything on one person, but that's not really how movies work. Everybody, you know, like it wouldn't, this movie would not be what it is if it wasn't for Wes Anderson, but also Owen Wilson, um, Gene Hackman's performance. There's like mm, so, yeah. you know, so many things go into this, but like, yeah, I think this is just kind of like the perfect combination of everybody. Uh, who worked on it, and I think it is great, and if you have not seen it, you should see it, uh, because it's funny, and it will, uh, it might make you cry a little. Absolutely. My third pick, however, um, was a, uh, it's from 1960. It is um, the start of the, um, a lot of people would consider it the start of the uh, French New Wave, and it is Mm -hmm. Jean-Luc Godard's Breathless. Mm, You love that movie. I really do, yes. (laughs) Um, it's like, uh, it's another one that I think has been very, very influential. It's kind of the start of the, um, the indie movie about the idiot criminal who thinks he's a cool guy. <laughs> um, and you know, there's a lot of, a lot of just hanging. It's a, you know, about a, 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 a dumb 2 criminal who's, uh, just trying to put the movie, he's in France and he's played by, um, by, um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Jean-Paul Belmondo, yes, and and um, yeah, he he's, uh, you know, this cool, handsome, you know, the French leading man type, but uh, he's just like a, a dummy, and uh, he spends the whole time just kind of like hitting on this American girl and trying to convince her uh, that she should be with him, but at the same time, he's kind of like plotting this, this, some crime, and uh, things, of course, don't really go the way that he plans, but it's not mean it's not an action movie by any stretch it is it is a another hangout type type movie but yeah it's um i think uh like its use of jump cuts is one of the most revolutionary thing in the movie um it's it, it and that's something that we still see today the way that he used jump cuts and um yeah i think that it's it's uh would seem familiar to especially if you were into like 90s indies like i think most of us were to some extent but yeah um yeah, I highly, highly recommend. I, it is the, like I said, with Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai is the first movie I think of when I think of the Criterion Collection. Breathless is the second. Right, right on. Any, any, any thoughts on on that, Alberto? I know you've seen it. I disagree. I think
1: it's a bad movie. I don't think you should have put it on your list, and <laughs> I think you're a bad person for it. Well, okay. <laughs> so.
2: All right. Uh, what was your next? Baby? No, it's a great.
1: <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I remember when we watched it too. It, it did, it did have that. Uh, it's interesting because a movie like Breathless always feels fresh. They, they somehow like captured, at the time that they were making it, they were doing all this cool new stuff. And so I, I feel like that sort of vibe carries in the film as well. What's going Oh, we got a John's cat. cat. Yeah. Oh, John's cat. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, Breathless is, a, is an interesting one. And I, I, I like it too. I like it a lot, uh, not as much as you do, Mickey. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, I think it's full of uh, of great, interesting stuff, and it's it's worth a watch, and it and it it's uh, it's it's rewarding on the rewatch too. So yeah, it's a good uh-huh. one. Um. So okay, let's see. We talked about Tampopo Limelight. This next film that I'm going to talk about. <clears throat> um. E- is another film that I wouldn't have seen, had, was it not for our, our show, the, the the Three Friends and The Criterion, whatever it's called. Watch, listen to the show. Uh, Great book. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but when I think of uh, the things that affect me most in films and Criterion films and stuff is like performances really, really do it for me. Like a really amazing performance, just like really... Uh, Gets gets my blood pumping. I'm like that Vince McMahon meme at the end, (laughs) you know? Yeah Um, And one one that has just like amazing incredible performances and also is Like so open and and like a real like personal project I think it's the the passion and the personality behind it is uh, Spine number 724 from 1979 all that jazz by Bob Fosse. Mm-hmm. That movie knocked my socks off when That's I watched it. It's a wild it. movie. It's so wild. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about somebody who is just like the best and also not good enough and mm-hmm. full of drugs. It's like so, yeah. so, so good. I think so. in the,
2: I, I was going to say, I think in the way that Tampopo was a Sean movie, I think All yeah. That Jazz is kind of a Joey movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would
0: agree. He made another um, movie of, of uh the Bruce or Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Lenny, he made the Lenny Bruce movie, right? Yes. Oh yeah,
2: that, that's a plot yeah. point in cuz this is, all that jazz is kind of autobiographical like very loosely. Mm-hmm. So that, okay. like him making a movie about a stand-up comedian is like a plot point in in No all shit. That jazz. Yeah. Wow. And, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a,
1: it's um, kind of a self-excoriation, which I also like. Mm-hmm. As someone who hates himself, I absolutely love when you, when you you know watching these kind of things. You know, it's just like, yes, you are not good enough. <laughs> it's it's a musical
2: in a very strange way.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a musical in its own way. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's like I said, full of amazing performances. Uh, Roy Scheider gives the performance of a lifetime. In this, and I, I mean, like I always thought of him as the Jaws guy. You know what I mean? Like you always yeah. think of him oh, as yeah. just Jaws. And when you see him in this, it's just like, oh, this man is a delicate and beautiful dancer. Like <laughs> this, this man is the the best dancer out there. I'm I'm certain. I'm certain of it. You know. Also, you totally and,
2: believe he's having a heart attack.
1: Yes, a hundred percent. And like. Yeah, it, Bob Fosse was it, always
2: it, having heart attacks. Bob Fosse was constantly having heart
1: attacks. Oh man! He was like, "I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> this is the big one." Um, I was trying to think of a good, a good pun for that. Uh, I, I didn't. I failed. And that's okay. uh, But anyways, um, if you haven't seen, uh, if you haven't seen all that jazz, uh, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh like I said, amazing, amazing performances. Ben Vereen shows up at the end and like brings the motherfucking house down. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, check that out. And it's like it's I love that it's like very, very surprising. It surprised me in every way. It was just like, oh, I don't I don't know anything about Bob Fossey, first of all going in I mean I knew some stuff about him. Obviously he was a very, very famous person. But I don't really know much about his life and I don't really know much about his movies and it, it's just wonderful surprises after
2: the next and check it out yeah you hear about it and you're like huh, ah, you know i don't care about broadway or like anything but it's like it's 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 not what you're thinking it is
1: yeah, yeah. 100% <laughs> yeah. hell yeah have you guys seen that or have you heard anything about that one uh, i can
0: see the the cover in my mind's eye but i haven't mm-hmm. seen it
1: it's a good one
3: i'm yeah. now. I I, I some of the, like some obviously the musical type you know movies too, as well. So
1: that sounds super interesting. Yeah, I was trying to do. I mean, I didn't have that many musicals, but I did want a musical at least. Sure. Uh, what about you, Sean?
3: Uh, okay, I've uh, got two more left. Okay. All right, I was gonna make sure I got.
1: Are you making like? Are you making like sp- like split decisions like from yeah. the? From, Always. Like,
3: That's actually, what happens all the time? Yeah. Really?
1: Oh, so you're just like throwing a bunch up there and then like pulling one when you're feeling it. Two one, you know. I do the two one switch a lot.
3: Actually. Oh okay. Um, so well, I've got, uh, this was actually a uh, uh a Monty Python production. I got Monty mm. Python: The Life of Brian. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Terry Jones came out in 1979. Uh, I remember watching this on my dad. Of course, he would show me some of the Monty Python stuff. But, sure. Uh, actually, out of all the Monty Python movies, including, I mean, I know the Holy Grail was like a big one um, for getting, I feel like a lot of people, I guess, uh, into the Monty Python series and um, all, the, all the cast behind it. But this movie, I think, really hit me. I think because... I don't know if it's uh Joey. I guess Joey and I go to Catholic school and like it's like the tropes of uh pretty much like Jesus Christ and oh yeah that kind of stuff in there. Um and it's just it's a classic Monty Python production. Um I mean just every I mean there's uh, I, actually I didn't even think about it. There's musicals, there's music in it too. Yeah. Uh it's also yeah. it
1: was also produced by George Harrison. Yeah. I did not know right. that. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, that in that that song was uh, recently a hit, too, wasn't it? Like, wasn't it on the charts again in England? The Always Look on the Bright Side song? I so. Oh, I didn't hear that. I, I would yeah. feel like it would make a comeback uh,
3: eventually. Uh, and that's actually... that has got one, a good
1: message. It's, yeah, it's got a good message.
3: Uh, juxtaposed between, uh, I guess, uh, the crucifix stuff. But, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's one of my favorite Monty Python films. It's really funny. Uh, it's got just so many i i i i guess the genre of especially with monty python um you know they they kind of follow and we talked a little bit about this joey like mel brooks and like some of those uh directors and that their kind of form of comedy and how they're able to uh kind of portray like funny situations and funny things um either by you know the situation they're in or the acting and kind of the precursor to like i guess like kind of parody type films um but this one really hits all the time. I don't know if it's because I, you know, I'm very familiar, I guess, with the you know, kind of the stories of like Jesus Christ and like all that kind of stuff, and they kind of almost turn that story on its head a little bit. So it's a uh, it's kind of a funny movie, and I kind of want to rewatch it because I, I, you know, I haven't seen it in a, in a minute, and uh, I might do like a little uh, Monty Python kind of marathon, maybe just watch a few of the films. But out of all of them, it's it's a classic for me, and. Uh, yeah, there's there's that scene. that uh, always look on the bright side. That that always reminds me if I'm having a bad day, I always think of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're like, at least I'm not on a cross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least uh, I haven't been crucified. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's good. a good message. Pick. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Right on. All right, Joe.
0: All right. Number two. I'm gonna go. Spine number five sixty-two. This is a Brian De Palma film, Blowout.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. John Travolta,
0: George Allen, John Lithgow. It's, it's one of those movies where you watch it and you're just like, you don't know what you're in for, especially that opening scene. It opens like yeah. like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just like, what the hell am I watching? And uh, And then, of course, you realize, oh, they're doing Foley work for a horror movie and John Travolta is the sound guy and one of my favorite things in any not just movie but any story is when uh, someone says a line at the beginning and then at the end they say the line again and it has completely different context so yeah you know the guy is like I want the the when the killer you know you see this entire he they shot an entire horror movie sequence just for the opening of this movie that is not in that vein yeah and um you know, finally, when the killer gets to the girl in the shower, she goes ah, and the guys like we gotta get a better scream. And you know, spoilers of course, but um, John Travolta gets entangled, uh, much like Jada Pickett Smith. Uh, he he finds himself in an entanglement um, with Nancy Allen and uh, John Lithgow's trying to kill them. And um, you know, it, there's espionage and and stuff with the government and cover-ups and all this stuff. And he's recording, they're trying to get, I believe the confession or something from John Lithgow, it's been a minute, but um, Nancy Allen winds up getting killed and her scream gets recorded. And then at the very end of the movie, they're back in that sound booth and her scream is the one they've put into the movie. And the guy goes, that's a great scream. It's like, yeah, it's a good scream. It's a good scream. And just like, that's how they end the movie. It's just, it's money. It is so good, but there's so many brilliant shots. Like um, when Travolta comes back, to his apartment and hit all of his tapes are just everywhere on the floor and just everything's destroyed. Like, you know, they, I probably a crane shot, but it's a bird's eye view of his apartment and you see everything in one shot. And you're just like, this guy's life is in ruin. Um, but it's, well, you know, well, the it,
2: great split diopter stuff as well, yes. the way he will pull focus on something that is in the foreground and the background equally all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: it has the spirit of a B movie, but the workmanship of an A picture. You know, and and That's it's diploma, yeah, yeah, and it's just it's such a ride. It's it's a fun. I hate describing movies. That's a ride, but that is a <laughs> it's a fun ride. You know, and um, yeah, I think everyone should. You know, I think no matter what you're looking for in a movie, you will be entertained and 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 get something out of it. So
1: yeah. nice, cool, dude. yeah, I like it quite a bit. Yeah, Good yeah, pick.
0: yeah. Thank you. It's one of those ones where Criterion does such a great job of choosing their covers where I knew nothing about this movie but it was such a good cover and you're like, wait, John Travolta? Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm going to pick that up and spend some coin and then you throw it on and it's better than you anticipated.
2: Yeah. yeah. All right. So Brandon's final pick. Are we on final picks yet? No, we're not. Uh, uh, no, yeah. right, we're uh No. Okay, so Brandon's, Brandon's fourth pick was Seven Samurai, so... Okay. okay. We've done that. So my next pick is a, uh, an Indian movie. Um, uh, it's, it's a Bengali movie. It's not Hindi. Uh, and it is from um, 1955. The director's name is uh, Satyajit Ra, or excuse me, Satyajit Ray. It, Satyajit Rai. Sorry. It's, it's hard to pronounce, and, and there's a lot of, um, even within India, people pronounce it differently. I've, I've looked into this because it's hard to say his name, but it's spelled Ray, R-A-Y, but it's pronounced Rai. Uh, So he made um, a very famous – he's one of the most famous Indian filmmakers internationally. Uh, He's most well-known for um, the Apu trilogy, and the first one is called uh, Pather Pachali, which is this here. So it is a movie about a, um, you know, a poor family, and it's kind of a a slice of life about – Focusing on um, the brother, uh, a brother and a sister, and how they deal with uh, with poverty, and you know how their mother deals with poverty through their eyes and sort of thing, because their father has to be gone most of the time, working. You know, he has to go wherever work is, so he's almost never home. And um, this is a like massively influential movie. This is so. So, Rye didn't go to film school or anything like that, but he was a huge film fan. And then he just decided, I hey, I'm gonna make a movie. And he got a bunch of guys nobody else knew how to make a movie. None of the actors in it are professional actors. And somehow it just like it all came together. And you see, you know, you see indie film in general start here. You see Wes Anderson. You see Paul Thomas Anderson. You see like all these kind wow. of uh, great um, influences in this movie. And uh, it's also just really, really watchable. And uh, yeah, so the, the trilogy of movies is about this this guy named Apu. It starts when he's a little kid here, and it goes until he's, you know, somewhere in our age range, you know, in the third movie. Um, and this one, he's not um, the main character, you know, he's just kind of in the background. But um, not in the background, but his sister is more of the main character in the movie. And uh, yeah, it's kind of um like the conflict kind of is a, a mother-daughter kind of thing. But it's, it, you know, it's family-based, and it is beautiful and fun to watch and it's also like will most likely make you cry yeah yeah Mm. you
1: got my attention
2: yeah everybody everybody should see this this is the kind of thing where it's like if you love movies you're gonna love this movie and you know it's like we don't like obviously india is like the biggest producer of films in the world but we don't really see too many of them here and this is not what you think of when this is not a bollywood movie you know Mm. this is so um yeah, it's, it's, and not that there's anything wrong with Bollywood movies. This is just not what you're probably imagining when you imagine Indian movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I really, really highly recommend everybody watch that. Very
1: cool.
0: That sounds good. That sounds really yeah. good.
2: Cool.
1: Check that out. All right.
2: Yeah. So,
1: Alberto, uh, what is your top pick? This is my last pick. Um, not necessarily my top, but my last one on my list. I do want to, if I could, throw out some honorable mentions before I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fuck you. You <laughs> know... <laughs> you would do that. I uh, fully expected that from you. You're a volatile, uh, horrible man, uh, but that's fine. Mm-hmm.
0: You tell Fair me enough. and Mick are related, but, and, and you and Sean are more alike in, in yeah. that regard. Well, Sean
1: and I are cousins, <laughs> so whatever. Yeah, yeah, it works out. Yeah. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad in the same way, uh, Mickey, that you are glad that I had limeline on there. I'm glad you had to do the right thing on there. That was like one that I I really hoped was on somebody's. It was very close to being on my list. Um, I thought um, eating Raul was one that I've always loved. It's wacky and crazy. And it really kind of uh, is everything that I love about these Criterion films. just like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Sweet Smell of Success is so fucking cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a Tony Curtis film um, about like just a, a sleazy sort of uh, fly-by-night kind of uh, guy who, like a fixer kind of guy who works in the shadows of this like jazz scene and um he has to deal with a uh, gossip columnists gossip columnist yeah 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 and he's just like a, he's just out for number one and it's 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 a really it's full of amazing uh uh performances and like the dialogue is so fast and the and the pace of the film is just like it just chugs on so like at this amazing pace it's it's really that's Have you really seen that a, joey
0: I have it. I I believe oh, I have it, but I haven't. That watched is, it. Like, yeah, you have. Like, you that's, would that's a love movie. this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. That's up your alley. Right on. Right on. Um, uh, Umbrellas of Cherbourg. I didn't have any French films on mm-hmm. my.
2: That came very close my to be list. on my list as well.
1: And Umbrellas of Cherbourg is so interesting. Also, A Woman Is a Woman. Those mm-hmm. two are yeah. I kind of see on this on a similar uh, sort of wavelength. But those are both really awesome musicals. Again, musicals. I'm a I'm a lover of musicals. That are so interesting, and pop in various ways. You know, a woman is a woman is, so like, off kilter. It's not a musical in the traditional sense. It's like a musical in the, everything about it is music. The the cadence and the rhythm of people's speech and, uh, you know, just like sort of noise out in the in the street and like kind everything about it is musical and so it's super interesting umbrellas of Cherbourg.
2: i i just want to on a woman as a woman uh before we move on i think that this the day this comes out is the last day that is going to be on the criterion channel oh. so if you want to oh, yeah. see that yeah you have a Check couple that more days out. as we're recording but when this when the show comes out like yeah i think this will be a the woman, last day. woman yeah Oh, is great. Right. pretty much like uh, they're going to lose a lot of their Jean-Luc Godard stuff on Friday. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then Umbrellas of
1: Cherbourg is a gorgeous-looking, uh, innovative, interesting musical that will break your fucking heart. It is so sad and like full of harsh realities. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a beautiful film too. And like the contrast of the sadness of the story is. Uh, is this the gorgeous palette that is used? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, to sh- to show the show the story, it's it's incredible. Umbrellas of work is something everybody should see, I think. Um, and then my last honorable mention. Uh, unfortunately, this one really really hurt me. But a hard day's night didn't didn't make all the way the cut, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And uh, you know, it breaks my heart. Uh, uh, you know, nobody nobody loves the Fab Four. You know more than more than I do, more than your boy, but I had to I had to cut him. You know, yeah. it, it was it was between that and my last pick, "Gimme Shelter" from 1970, mm-hmm. spine number 99. Yeah, um, and it's crazy because you know it's not like a it's not like a Beatles versus Stones thing. I I, I love them both. They're very different. They're very very, they're different. very different. And what I love about the a hard day's night, uh the Beatles film is like, it shows me the Beatles in a very specific time, but it shows me, it shows us what we what they want us to see. Yeah, it's a Versus, cartoon. It's a cartoon. Versus Gimme Shelter, which is also a portrait of the time, um, but it shows you the fucking real way shit went down. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and if you haven't seen Gimme Shelter, it is a, it is a documentary about the Rolling Stones, uh, the concert that they put on at Altamont which ended in murder, unfortunately. Um, it is a really interesting look at the Rolling Stones. I, I think I started- uh, Great Bay like, Area
2: movie?
1: Great movie about the Bay Area in, in, the, in, the, in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s. Um, and yeah, it made me like feel more for the Stones. It made me like them more. And uh, it's, a, it's a really, really interesting, like I said, uh, time capsule of what was going on, what was happening with the country and where everybody was feeling like, and it's just like, it's a harsh, it's a harsh, it's a harsh wake-up call from the 60s, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. It's a really, really great film and you get a lot of interesting, candid moments with the Rolling Stones and uh, a co- like cool performances and it's just like wild and also frightening because like... And it also it also shows me that like oh everybody has fucked up these 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 festivals these these festivals are not easy to put on, and the people who are successful at it like you know if you're putting on like a Coachella or whatever is because like they know what they're doing and they like have been doing it for a long time and they have a really good team and they like know everything about it. Everybody who has tried to put on a like a festival like this like the Fire Festival it made me it made me think of like the Fire Festival and. Uh, yeah. Woodstock was a big shit show, too like you know it 's it's, it's, it's fucking hard to do this you know like yeah. it 's not easy mm-hmm. and it 's just like an interesting uh yeah it 's an interesting doc, so if you haven 't seen it, check it out it 's really really great
2: all right now that you 've done a, a second list <laughs> yes,
1: thank you was it five it wasn 't five I think it might have been no that was five it was four
2: <laughs> that was five
1: all right, so my bottom five and my top five what do you want? <laughs> what do you got? We'll allow out, we'll it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fuck you, Mickey. I'm sick of your shit. <laughs>
2: Are you gonna get to your pick or what's, it, what's happening in here, homie?
1: That was my pick.
2: Oh, oh, I thought that was. Oh, I Give thought that was a Shelter was my pick. No, no, oh, no. I see. Okay.
1: Shelter was the pick.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. great Fuck. pick. Was, was
1: great that pick. the one where uh, was it the uh, the biker gang?
2: Yeah. Like hell's angels
1: yeah yeah they got the hell's angels to to try to um yeah to for security because yeah. when you think of security you think yeah. of the hell's Angels.
2: and they paid them in beer yeah which yep. is a super great yeah.
1: idea He's <laughs> like let's play these violent gangsters uh in in alcohol <laughs> <laughs> i i gotta i gotta
3: rewatch that one too that's definitely and we've seen it I've seen it yeah yeah. Uh, yeah I was I always remember like the yeah the 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 biker like all of it just going to shit like with that whole thing so uh, It just
1: it it does a great job of also like sort of showing you the like progression and it's just like, uh oh, it doesn't look like we're gonna get to do this. Uh we're kind of behind on this shit and like, uh, where's everybody gonna take a dump? Uh like you know, like mm-hmm. all kinds of shit like that. they're they're just like fucking up and falling behind on had to move you know, a lot I mean some of it was like they had to move the venue last minute, which was fucked up, fucked their plans up and all of that stuff. So yeah, it's just oof. Uh,
3: well, I'm gonna go off of you. I got a little bit of like a rock and roll punk. Gun. Okay, mm. uh, I've got Sid and Nancy for my, yeah. Yo, oh, there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. Directed by Alex Cox, came out in 1986. This is the movie that uh, uh, pretty much said, uh, "I'm never gonna do hard drugs like that ever, ever." Because, <laughs> <just laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sid Vicious, played by Gary Oldman, which is I always I always love seeing him in this role. Uh, especially, and Gary Oldman's in, been in so many films, and this one in particular, just channeling Sid Vicious as part of the Sex Pistols and just seeing his, like, his pretty much his downfall throughout the whole movie uh, is is pretty insane. And just, uh, and seeing that kind of, like, talks, you know, the toxicity and uh, you know, his relationship to Nancy and, and their kind of, uh, yeah, it, it's it's tragic to watch, because it's like, oh, man, like, you can tell, like, the, you know, the influence of drugs and his you know especially his role in the sex pistols and and kind of uh the i guess the downfall of you know him being in this in the sex pistols uh it's a very heavy movie um there's i think a moment in the movie where i think he like ods or like there's just I, i remember gary oldman's face being pale and snot coming out of it um it's really intense and i don't know why it's only number one for me it's not like the most light <laughs> but uh i mean i i think i think that's where I, I guess i come from with this one it's just like it's it's just so in intense and in the moment and it's just very for being a uh, i guess a fictional portrayal of these uh, two real people um yeah it's very intense uh, it it really gets under your skin and uh uh, that movie taught me that I'll never ever do heroin. <laughs> a lot, of, movie, yeah. a lot, of,
1: a lot of movies about drugs on your list, Sean. Such a yeah. clean boy. Oh, there. God, <laughs> mm-hmm. <Good. laughs> I don't know. I didn't
3: put that together until I look at my list. I'm like, oh,
1: They're all, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I know, um, man.
3: I don't know. You know, Gary. I do really <laughs> like Gary man in this film, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a definitely. Uh, you know, especially being, I guess, uh, of course, music, you know, the like the Sex Pistols and, you know, Sid Vicious and the kind of backstory on his drug use and and his influence on the band. And like, I think that was interesting. And, uh, you know, the Sid and Nancy. So, it's you know, of course, the kind of story uh, about their relationship and, and how kind of things spiraled from there. So I think uh, that was a very interesting um, kind of portrayal of it. So. <laughs>
0: there we go guys (laughs) it's got that one check that one out yeah oh man there's there's a really great scene it's it's kind of laugh out loud funny uh where he meets her family for the first time yeah and uh and he's and they're like so what do you do and i it's been i think i was in high school when i saw this movie and i haven't seen it since because it it's it's an arduous watch from what i remember but Mm. he was just like and we're gonna do this and then we're gonna go out in a ball of glory you know like just talks about killing themselves basically and the family's just like uh, <laughs> and it's
3: um they're on a different like page. like, and that's they're like, on
0: you know, a different
3: uh, i think that's what i liked about it too it's just like the like the two of them just kind of being their own thing and like kind of they're on their own wavelength throughout the movie and uh obviously there's the tragic side of it but also this kind of weird like kind of romance side you know of course the and Nancy, and like their kind of you know their adventures together, and kind of the stuff they got into. So it, it's a weird kind of like oh, like you feel sorry for the characters, but it's like oh, it's so nice that they're like they found some you know they found this kind of weird kind of together. <laughs> I don't know. I
0: don't know. I don't know about that. You know, fun fact: who plays uh Nancy's friend early on in the
3: movie? It's Courtney
2: Love. Courtney Love. Oh. Oh, I did not, yeah. yeah she wanted to be Nancy. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's, yeah. I, and
0: she kind of became Nancy. Yeah. A, little <laughs> oh, no.
2: A little bit more successful. Yeah. A little bit. Courtney Love, you're out there doing your thing. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it's love. Quick, it's love to Courtney quick
0: love. uh quick poll uh, amongst the four of us. Who believes Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain?
2: Too heavy, too heavy Sorry. for this room. No, it's not. It's not too heavy. It's I not just something that ever I just occurred that, to me. I just think that. Uh, Isn't that people? I'm not do people person. do people believe that? Oh yeah. Oh, Watch yeah. the documentary. Uh, Soaked
0: in bleach.
1: Whoa, really? Oh, There's yeah. too dad much evidence. Like There's one. too much. Oh no! Like I that?
2: I, yeah. I mean,
1: you don't buy it, Mickey? Not no, I don't. Mm. I have to, I have to yeah. see this evidence for myself. This is one of these loose change style uh, documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like... it's called, it's called Soaked, in Soaked in Bleach. It will
0: make you a believer. Mm.
2: Yeah. Did you see this one, Mickey? Did you see this documentary? I have not seen this one. I have seen documentaries on the subject, though. Mm. Okay. There
0: was one when I was in high school that I think it was maybe Kurt and Courtney that yeah. kind of addressed that subject the first time and interviewed like one of the guys and said he was hired by Courtney. And then after the interview, he was found on the railroad tracks dead. Um, Things like that. I don't know. Okay. Don't know. Sorry, took a didn't weird turn. I know this was. A, I didn't know this was one of those shows. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry
3: for my number one pick. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. <laughs> the most tragic. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> man. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah man. Good pick, Sean. A lot of. Yeah, your Sean, your 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 list has got a lot of bright and uh, light-hearted films. <laughs> on it. Yeah. You gotta say, I'm
3: really excited to check out some of the films you guys mentioned because,
1: uh, yeah, those,
3: yeah, out of looking through the list, those are kind of the ones I, I was familiar with, and uh, I am really excited actually to check out. I mean, some of, some of you guys all, from all you guys actually. So, um, I'm, now I'm kind of curious like, should I get a Criterion collection? Is there it's a streaming service right now, right?
2: Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it's called yeah. The Criterion Channel. You're not gonna get every movie that they've put out. But you will get um, a lot of stuff that isn't actually, that they haven't put out, that they just want, that they put on their, their streaming channel. And no. it's a very, very interesting, uh, well curated service. Yeah.
0: And if you, if you have the Criterion channel, and if you also happen to have HBO Max, which has the Turner Classic Movie uh, channel within yeah. the app, uh, you've pretty much got films struck back. So, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right
2: oh R.I.P. Filmstrap, R.I.P. Filmstrap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man yeah that was i'm a little great. more personally um i'm a little more interested in the um art house side of the criterion collection rather than the classic hollywood so the channel does it for me but and i know i think hbo max kind of is is delving more into like the classic hollywood stuff it is yeah they do have some uh they do have some of the foreign stuff as well
0: yeah yeah good stuff um <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. All right. It's it's me then. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, number one, this is one of my very, very, very favorite films of all time. Um, but it was one of those ones where it was like, I saw the cover of the Criterion. I was like, I think that is for me. And I bought it and I was right. Um Spine number 64, Carol Reed's The Third Man. Uh, Look at that. Uh, that's, uh, one of,
2: uh, uh, that's one of the most, what Joby's holding there is one of the most valuable Criterion Collection releases also. You know, really? I, I lent my print. DVD <gasps> wow.
0: I lent my DVD copy to a friend of mine and he never gave it back to me. So so wait, can I borrow Blu-ray. that copy? No. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I I adore this movie. It's from, it is in every way perfect, from the score, the Zither by Anton Karas that he met in a oh, cafe. Yeah. He was like, hey, let's let's have you do that. Um, the opening uh, monologue spoken by Carol Reed himself, um, Joseph Cotton's performance in it, Nita Valley, Orson Welles, um, mm-hmm. uh, Vienna, war-torn yeah. Vienna photographed in that beautiful black and white where they'd spray the cobblestones so it would just glimmer uh in that beautiful black and white film it's it's what is the tone of this movie because it's it's not ultra serious it never takes itself too seriously it's a little it's pulpy. you know i it's pulpy but the theme you know the it's it's got this kind of jingle to it that just you know it's
1: it's kind it's of got a, romp. a
0: lightness to it it's mm-hmm. it is a romp right yeah. um and I can't say enough about this film. I really, really love The Third Man. Um, bits of the dialogue will just pop into my head at random moments throughout my day. And I'll go, coffin? Um, or something like that. And, and um, I listen to the score. And I, the score is on Spotify. And it's actually, they, they cut in some of the dialogue. Um, oh, wow. And it's just, so I was like out on my morning walk one morning. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to listen to this. And then bits of the movie are playing and I can just see it in my mind's eye. It was just such a good good start to my day um but yeah i don't know where i we got to number one and, and i was thinking it might have appeared on one of your guys' lists. and um if you guys ever do the third man on your show i would love to uh to crash that Definitely. um yeah but yeah, yeah um the third man i don't know good, what else good one
2: good pick nice yeah it's such it's such a good pick in fact that it is brandon's final pick Right on! Yeah, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That makes um, sense. Uh, Hell yeah. My final pick is kind of a weird one um, because it is not a standalone movie, um, and this is another one where, you know, this director has a lot of movies in the Criterion Collection, and I like pretty much all of them, and so it was hard to decide, but uh, I came down on uh, on this one here. This is. Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. This is a David Lynch movie. It is the sequel to his hit television show from the early 1990s. um, And it was considered a grave disappointment uh, when it came out because it is really weird and extremely dark. The show was weird and dark, but this takes it to a whole new level. So um, if you're not familiar with Twin Peaks, the basic premise of the show is that a girl has been murdered, and so an FBI agent comes to this town, which is a, uh, a town called Twin Peaks. It's a uh, northeastern forest logging town, uh, full of weirdos. And it's, at the time when it came out, it was a parody of uh, evening soap operas that were on TV at the time, things like Dynasty and Falcon Crest and that kind of thing. And so that sort of stuff may not hold up as well today. Um, and I think a lot of people who are watching it today for the first time get kind of torn, caught up with that kind of stuff because it's a parody of something that doesn't exist anymore. It's out, th- this thing has outlived what it was parodying. But the A story is still really, really great. And it's kind of like, I always kind of d- describe it as a, it's about a superhero who is uh, trying to hunt down a serial killer who is a fairy. And so it is, it, it, is, uh, it deals with, with it's kind of like a modernization of fairy mythology. I guess like people would call it ultra terrestrial now. It's like the idea of like this thing that walks between dimensions and things like that. And so this movie leans really, really heavily into it, uh, into that weirdness and going back and forth between dimensions and things like that. And these these weird, uh, they look like people, but they're weird looking people, but they're creatures, you know? Uh, and, and for me to really truly tell you what it was a, what it's about, would be a spoiler for the show so i don't want to do that because it's discovering it is like a big part of, of the fun of it but yeah this is um maybe one of the best horror movies i've ever seen in my entire life and i think that now in retrospect people um I like it a lot more than they did at the time because it's it was disappointing because it didn't feel like the show and people were expecting more of the show the main character kyle mclaughlin is barely in the movie um and it's, it's a prequel that uh, kind of fills in some gaps. Um, but yeah, I know it's, it's kind of a weird one to end on, but, but since I went in spine order, this is the most recent spine on the list. But yeah, yeah. Uh, watch Twin Peaks. Watch, you know, watch David Lynch stuff. Yeah, wonderful. Okay.
3: Yeah. I actually really wanna check out, I've never seen Twin Peaks. So I was gonna actually ask you should I watch that movie before I check out the, the
2: series? I, I did. And I feel like, yeah, I saw I saw Fire Rock with me first, and I liked it a lot. Uh, and then I liked the series afterwards, but I think I'm the only person who would tell you that, that, that <laughs> to watch it that way. Because uh, it does, it does, re- it ruins the biggest, the, the big, uh, my, the main mystery of the show. Uh, uh, it, it pretty much just lays it out there. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it, watching the show first is probably your best bet. Best bet, okay, cool.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about diving into Twin Peaks. So
2: yeah, it'd be like the first two seasons of Twin Peaks, this movie, and then the recent season, the season three that came out a couple years ago. Oh
3: yeah, that's right.
2: Okay. Yeah. Cool. Right. Nice. On. That was a good list. <laughs> yeah. Those were all. Yeah. Man, we did
1: it. We.
0: Did it. I know. Um, the impossible boy. has been done. Yeah. Honestly, well, we can't thank you guys enough for coming on. This was fun.
2: Thank you so much for having me. yeah, us. it was my pleasure yeah. I yeah should've, oh great yeah
0: should done a lot sooner, and yeah. uh, hopefully we'll be yeah. doing it a lot more. Yeah. So, um, awesome. cool. Do yeah. you guys yeah. have anything uh, you'd like to uh, share with our dear sweet lovely imaginary audience or shout outs or anything like that?
2: Um,
1: do you have anything, Alberto? Well, I was going to say if you haven't if you haven't checked out my band's uh, album release. We just released uh, an album. My band is called St. Francis and the Wolf. Uh, And you can find our self-titled debut album wherever you can stream music. I'm talking your Spotify. I'm talking your Apple Music. I'm talking Tidal. Uh, You know, uh, so you can get it everywhere. Amazon Music. If you say Alexa, uh, there you go. Play St. Francis and the Wolf. Alexa will play St. Francis and the Wolf for you. It's true. Cool. Um, but yeah, and so uh, we're excited about that. We love the way it turned out. And uh, hopefully, you know, you listen to it and you'll like it. So that's the only thing I want.
2: I, I got one. Yeah, yeah um, let me hear it. So this is kind of a twofer because it's it's a thing and it's also where you buy the thing. Oh, so okay. it, should, it should surprise no one after this episode that uh, I am an enthusiast, about, an, an enthusiast about physical media. So um, okay. this extends as well to video games. And there is a, a company called Limited Run Games, and they take digital only games and then do limited run prints of them, uh, physical copies. Cool. So uh, they don't always, you know, some of like the game that I'm going to show today, um, you already can't get it anymore. It's sold out. You can get the digital copy, of course, but yeah, the physical is gone. But uh, the game is oh, Streets of Rage 4. Dude, that's so cool. So Streets of Rage was a, uh, for those who don't know, it was a popular video game series in the 90s. Uh, it's, uh, I, we used to call it beat, we, we, we call them arcade style games when we were kids, but I guess they call them like beat em ups or uh, um, brawlers now. And it's kind of like uh, you just choose a character and then you walk through. Uh, oh, like a wave the side book, scrolling. Uh, exactly.
1: Yeah, okay. Like yeah. Final Fight.
2: Yeah, yeah. Final yeah, Fight exactly. was like that. I don't mm-hmm. remember, yeah. Yeah, so this is, yeah, this was, uh, uh, Streets of Rage was one of the more popular series. You know, Double Dragon was another one. Uh, X-Men, Ninja Turtles. There's a lot of IP ones. Uh, But yeah, this is, uh, this game is incredible. It's, it's, it plays like one of those games, but it's a little bit smoother and the art style is hand-drawn and it is just gorgeous to look at. And I really, really love this aesthetic of kind of like this late, late 70s, early 80s, like grimy New York where like everything is covered in in in, uh, in 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 graffiti and everything's broken and you're just kind of like you're fighting punks and, and bikers and yeah you know, like that, that kind yeah. of that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, it's a really really fun game uh, and I highly recommend checking it out. And also yeah, if if you if you like having bookshelves full of stupid crap that you'll look at once and then never look at again, Limited Run games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. Right on. Jonathan, oh, I got nothing guys. <laughs> I, uh, I was gonna,
3: I was gonna shout out uh, St. Francis, the wolf actually, cause I've been listening. to you Oh, guys. thanks man. It's awesome. And, uh, I, I miss playing with you guys, uh, playing some gigs. You I guys. know. Hopefully we'll have, uh, maybe, you know, we'll see how this pandemic goes, but to... God willing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Soon enough. Know. I'm, I'm happy i mean thanks so much for you guys for being on the show uh we got to do more of these for sure and yeah i think uh yeah i'm actually really excited to i, I want to get more into some of the criterion stuff so you know i'll definitely be probably uh, listening more to your your episodes as well just to see if i can kind of tag
1: along on a few of the movies i've been watching <laughs> uh, <laughs> fun yeah man like uh hit us up on uh, on facebook -hmm. On the on the on the
2: conversation club. Oh yeah yeah our our Facebook group yeah yeah we have a Facebook Criterion conversation club yeah hell yeah
0: yeah right on on.
2: Joey did you have anything
0: um no um oh I did watch uh the new Perry Mason I watched the first couple episodes how is that HBO
3: I haven't seen it no
0: it's it's prestige drama and it wants you to know that it's prestige drama and it's just like okay um so you're not
1: perry mason yeah i don't i don't
0: know (laughs) you know it's the only thing i've watched that's new that i can think of it's okay i i love those detective film noir tropes but at the same time when this guy returns to his shitty studio apartment at the end of the day and is down to his wife beater and Lights a cigarette all labor- laboriously. I was kind of like, I've seen this thirty million times. You know what I mean? And it's like I want to do that myself, but and I, <laughs> I you know, I would love to shoot that myself. But at the same time, I don't really want to watch it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make if that makes sense? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have you guys watched it at all?
2: No, I, this is actually the first negative thing I've heard about it. People think to like oh. it a lot. Oh, I, I it's well
0: done it. it's it's very well done and it, and and i don't know why i'm being so sour about it i think that's my default but um no it's it's all right it's it's not bad it's it's is not bad at all um one thing though is so it stars the guy who is the main character in the mr rogers movie
1: oh, okay um, the rogers tom
2: hanks yes no no the, the other yeah, guy tom hanks. uh could you yeah, imagine yeah. Yeah. No, no tom no tom hanks played mr rogers yeah it was tom hanks yeah I think I think you're confusing yourself. I think you mean Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did,
0: oh, did I say the Tom Hanks movie? Our miss- now <laughs> we're all confused. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I, I know. mean. Ro- yeah. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. was supposed to uh, was supposed to be the main character. It was supposed mm-hmm. to play Perry Mason, and it's very hard knowing that and watching. Ah. You know, because Robert Downey Jr. is so specific. Um, yeah. Who is, if, who is
1: if, who's playing Perry Mason again? I'm sorry.
2: The main um, character in the Tom Hanks movie.
1: Yeah, the
2: main character in the oh. Tom Hanks movie. Who's not Tom Hanks?
1: Oh, Mr. Rogers himself.
2: Yes. yes. The real Mr. Rogers. It's weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they've got they've dug got his... strings going. They're like work the arms,
0: asshole. <laughs> they, they, uh,
2: they, <laughs> they dug his bones up, huh? Jeez, yeah, you know. I saw. Like, I saw rest. this today. I saw like this 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 uh these Photoshop manipulations that somebody did. Where they put a beard on Mr. Rogers, and uh, my man's looking like a snack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy! Total daddy. Yeah. mm -hmm. Oh man. So it was like like a close beard, kind of like my beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. We do tend to we do tend to get a lot of that, so Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Hell yeah! I like it. Well, Mm -hmm. gents, one last question: Where can we find your
2: work on the internet this week? Okay the three friends.com that's t-h-e-t-h-r-e-e-f-r-i-e-n-d-s dot c-o-m alberto where do we find your band uh just
1: just search in any of your uh streaming services just search saint francis that's uh, s-t period francis and the wolf so you can put an ampersand or you can put and it'll it'll pull up it'll still pull us up Ooh. So St. Oh. Francis and the Wolf, in whatever streaming service you like, it will come up a guarantee. Guarantee. Hell yeah! <laughs> Don't get me started, mon <laughs> Jonathan, where can we All find right. your
0: work on the internet this week?
3: Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Sean Music and on my website. Oh my god, I can't, I can't believe I'm gonna fuck this up. Uh, Am on my website at Sean
1: Music that almost there guys uh yeah oh, i forgot great. to i forgot to mention my instagram oh yeah oh yeah go for it st francis the letter n the wolf that's you can find us on instagram follow us please st francis yeah. the letter n the wolf
0: it's good times
3: joey where can we find you on
1: the internet
0: i'm on twitter at joey proddy and on my website joey Com. you can check out the show at top5pod that's t-o-p-f-i-v-e-5-p-o-d on instagram on twitter on youtube at gmail.com and on facebook at top five podcasts we're on apple music google play and soundcloud so please give us like give us listen give us follow give us your love and we will give you uh,
3: <laughs> every week it comes to me with this I'll give you all the
1: and every week you're not prepared a beautiful bouquet of flowers there we go
0: there we go Ooh. there we go,
1: there we go. There we go. until girl. next time Yes. A beautiful bouquet of flowers from the top five podcast.
0: I like this. I like this. I I think you should be in the film adaptation of
2: Hamilton. (laughs) As As Hamilton?
1: As As Hamilton, of course.
2: Or maybe Lafayette. Whoever's the most flamboyant. Has anybody liked that? Yeah, I did. How about this? My name is Hamilton, and I'm here to say I'm changing the country in an old school way. <laughs> yes,
1: Joey, I, you should have ended the podcast. This is my name. No, we're we're
0: going we're to go, go on this. <laughs> I, I. Is it just me? And I know I'm a negative person. But I can't stand Lin Manuel Miranda. There's something about him. I feel like he believes every good thing that's ever been said about him, and it bugs the shit out of me. Is anyone
2: with me on there? I like him okay. I just think that I, I just, yeah. Hamilton is just, I, I kind of don't understand the fury, uh, the furor over it. It's like. Uh, Have you seen it? Have
1: you seen the stage show?
2: Uh, just on, on TV. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw it. I saw it uh, like on, uh, on, on stage, and it was really something. Oh, you did? It was, yeah. It was, it was In New York? When you're, no, no here in San Francisco. I feel and,
2: like I wouldn't have been able to follow it without subtitles. No,
1: actually, it's like uh, yeah, it, 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 it's really, really engrossing, and uh, the stage direction is pretty incredible. Like what they were doing with the stage was was wild. and like there's like a there's like a flashback scene. That like plays out twice mm-hmm. for two different characters, which is like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's good. I don't think, uh, I, yeah, I don't particularly care for Lin Manuel Miranda. I don't see like, I don't see him as like you know this fucking Messiah or whatever. Yeah, on Broadway. Uh, but yeah, I think he's fine. I think he's all right.
2: I think it was just by the time I saw it, which was when it just came on Disney Plus recently, um, yeah. it's just like too much had already been said about it. Yeah, and like yeah. It, there's no way it could Build it, it could live up to what it was supposed to be because it feels very um it feels very dorky to me.
1: It is. It is. It is pretty dorky. Yeah,
2: <laughs> incredibly dorky. It is. Yeah. But I mean, you no. Know, I mean, the performances are 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 really really great. Yeah. Um, David diggs is is incredible. Like you know yeah. he's uh he in it he plays uh Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, but he was also like he was in Blind Spotting a couple of years ago. He's just a great yeah, good actor. Yeah, he's around. Yeah, He's excellent.
0: Yeah, He's really I really cool. liked King George. I liked the...
2: Oh, Jonathan Groff? Oh, yeah. The, the,
0: I, 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 I liked all that. Um, mm-hmm. Someone on TikTok did um, a version of that, but it, as Jack Black. The oh, whole yeah. King song, that and makes it's perfect very sense. good.
2: Yeah, that's the yeah. kind yes. of thing. And, you know, it, it kind of fills the same space as, like, King Herod does in Jesus Christ Superstar, and that's, like, the most Jack... Like, like that's where Jack Black came from. That's, like, Jack Black Ground Zero. Is, really? Like, so, yeah,
1: right. Yeah, like so. Yeah. Oh
2: like, yeah,
1: King Herod and Jesus Christ Superstar in the seventies. So yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I love a good it's Jesus like, movie, and I still like, haven't oh, seen that.
1: Oh, that is that is literally oh man, that movie one. All time. That's
2: right. It, wow, yeah. or is it? Mm-hmm. I, I, and I don't. I mean, like, that's probably like putting too much weight on it for you, you know. But like, it, it it's just a cool rock and roll movie.
1: That's <laughs> a great fair. movie.
2: Yeah. It's really good. Uh-huh. Are we still, is show still doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know,
0: this is very free form for us. Um, no, we can't thank you guys <laughs> enough for coming on. This has been awesome. Um, we're, yeah, we're gonna do another episode with you guys on your show, so this will be, this will be fun. Okay. Tune in, yeah. tune, tune in, in. tune, tune out. out. Yep, until next time, For your mind. Yes,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm joy, peace and, until- and love.
1: Peace no autobi- love No autographs
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go And I'm gonna march with them And I'm gonna sing my song That was terrible That was really bad Um I stop Just in the middle of the day And I think about that scene From Walk Hard Just randomly Just where oh, the, he encounters The Beatles Oh yeah it's really That's The whole scene Plays the out in the my Beatles.
1: mind
0: <laughs> Of course I do I booked him Uh I love how his accent just flails wildly <laughs> it's really great anyway I'm sorry we all we all got stuff to do um, we're all, all right. sorry <laughs> it's, all good. No, it's all good until next time I'm Joey Parati.
3: I'm Sean Day
1: I'm Mickey Checky I'm Alberto keep keep on Thanks. keeping it on Or take it off if you feel like it
0: I like it Let's just put a pin in it there That was perfect